This is Wicked Spursy, a simple conversation about our football club, Tottenham Hotspur. Look for us at the start of every week on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find us on Twitter, where we are, at Wicked Spursy. Come on, you Spurs, and let's get started with the show. And we are live. This is Wicked Spursy. You are joined today by Mike, Steve, and a special guest that we will introduce in just a moment. I am Dave, and I want to let you know that you can find us on Twitter at Wicked Spursy. You can also find us on Facebook. And if you care to reach out to us via email, podcast at wickedspursy.com. So really excited to be here today on the heels of a good week. Mike, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I got a new scully cap from uh, Boston Scully Caps. Uh, I uh, got my COVID beard going and uh, hopefully there's no uh, little birds ready to nest in there yet. But it's definitely a it's definitely a good uh, good weekend after a wonderful week. You know, Mike, I used to sport the COVID beard before COVID was a thing, and I found that the mask was not fitting very well. So I had to, uh, you know, tighten things up a little bit. But it'll, it'll make a comeback hopefully sooner. It, it really, it really makes a, a really big dent. The mask does in your beard, and it just gets all jacked up after about, you know, eight hours of wearing it in the operating room. So. <laughs> hours of anything will, will will cause that to happen but hey steve how you doing today sir probably the best i've been since we started doing this i think this might be the first positive and positive two week you know two results in a week that we've had so far and i'm really excited to talk about it all right we're going to get that to that momentarily but first i want to welcome katie we're joined today uh by our friend from the albany spurs right next door to the vermont spurs Katie, we're glad to have you with us. Would love to just uh, hear a little bit about you. And then important part that we always like to share is kind of the, how did you become connected to Spurs? Like what's your Spurs story? So, so welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be on here after a good result as well. Um, if I was on last week, it would be a little tougher. Um, but I am a newer Spurs fan, so I am new to it. But I was always into sports growing up, uh, but never soccer. Uh, until I got older. And then I started really loving like World Cup games, um, Olympics as well, especially the Women's World Cup. Um, I just loved everything about it. Uh, and then in 2018, I actually went down to Nashville for a trip with a friend. Um, and it was during the World Cup at that moment. And I went to a bar, I had I had put money on Brazil to win the game. Um, so I'm in a bar, no one's paying attention to the game at all. And I'm just yelling at the TV, look like a crazy person. Um, and there's a couple next to me and the, we start talking about the game and the world cup and they're from London. So I was like, Oh, I'm actually rooting for England. Like I like a few of their players and their style of play. And, you know, so I hope they're doing well since I don't have a U.S. team's not in it. And she says, Oh, is it because of your, uh, premier league team? I was like, no, I was like, I actually don't have a club. Um, but I, you know, I was thinking about it cause I, you know, I like to be more involved with soccer. And she says, well, who are your favorite players? I was like, Oh, Delhi absolutely is my favorite player. I love him. Uh, I love Trippier. Uh, I like Henderson and Kane's a great frontman. And she says, screw Henderson. You're a Tottenham girl. She's like, that's my club. That's where I'm from. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Um, and she says, Delhi, Kane and Trippier are all Tottenham players. Just that's, that's your club. You have to root for them now. And I was like, well, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and so the next morning, actually, I met up with her at an England bar in Nashville and it was for the England-Sweden game. Delhi, of course, scored, uh, cemented my love for him. And it was just one of the most fun times I've ever had watching a game. Uh, and there was a group of English guys, and they're singing, and they're chanting. And I was like, this is what I want. Like, I'm in. Um, so I came home, and I started, like, researching Tottenham, actually, like, getting into it. Immediately fell in love with Potch and Sunny, because um, how could you not? And I started going to um, Wolf's Beer Garden in Albany which is our local soccer bar. And I was by September, I was already decked out in Spurs gear because I just obsessively went full in and I started hanging out with uh, a bunch of guys and girls there who, you know, would meet regularly, watch games. So I started meeting up with them. Um, and at the time they weren't an official Spurs club. They were just kind of just a group of people hanging out um, for all the games. So a very unofficial club. Uh, so I actually had gone out to Rochester for work 
and went to hang out or, you know, found the bar to watch the game and start talking with them. And they're an amazing club, um, the Rochester Spurs. So shout out to them. Uh, but they were telling me all about how easy it was to become an official club. Um, so I went back and Craig, shout out Craig, he's like our unofficial leader at the time. Um, so I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, we've been thinking about making an official Albany Spurs club for a while. So by 2019, he did all the work. He got us official. Um, so we've been trying to grow the club ever since. So if there's any listeners out there in the capital region, we're not really hanging out during COVID. Um, but when it is safer, you know, we're definitely hanging out at Wolf's Beer Garden, um, watching the games. And it is a lot of fun. Miss it right now. That is a phenomenal story. And um, I'm glad. Yeah. Happened. And I, I need to say, you 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 just triggered a thought in my mind. Um Quick, I'll try to make this as fast as I possibly can. When I graduated from college, which was quite some time ago, I did the classic like backpacking through Europe with a buddy situation and spent a couple weeks in in London in the immediate area and had a lot of fun, um, among some other places that we went to. Several years later, my wife and I, along with another couple that we were friends with, uh, went and kind of replicated that that type of trip. And our experience in London at that time was very hasty, very abbreviated because we were stuck on certain train schedules, weren't staying in the best part of, part of town. And my wife just had kind of a not awesome London experience. And so as my Tottenham love has emerged, um, I've been contemplating in my mind, like, all right, how, how am I going to get to a match? Like, what's this going to actually look like? And, and how will we navigate this? Just last night, um, my, my wife and I are watching the show on, on uh, Netflix, everybody or somebody feed Phil, um, which is this kind of like travel foodie type of show where this, this guy, Phil, who's a writer for Everybody Loves Raymond, goes around and eats in restaurants. And the one we were watching was London. And uh, my wife and I were having the conversation like, we need to go back to London. We need to eat our way through through the city. Like, that's going to be awesome. I'm thinking, yes, and we're going to go to a football match. You know, so I'm just <laughs> seeing the opportunity. Mm-hmm. To and uh, you triggered that uh, by, by saying that the person you ran into who was from Tottenham uh, kind of pushed yep. you in that. So really cool. Really cool to have you. Yeah. Hey, we I'm had a- to be here. Thanks for having me by. Yeah, awesome. We had a great uh, morning this morning. We we record these on Sunday afternoon after the weekend matches, and this morning was uh, the Burnley match. Let's start with that, Steve. I'd love to hear your your feedback and you know initial analysis on what you saw, lineups, uh, gameplay, and and reaction feeling overall. What are you thinking about today? Yeah, so this was a this was a fun one in particular. You know, Burnley, there's always kind of a worry that they're just going to sit back and it's going to be ninety minutes of trying to you know find a hole in their defense and you know when that lineup came up it really to me looked like they were going to set up to do that they'd have eight people in front of Pope there and then just try quick long balls up to to Vidra and Rodriguez Um, that plan went out the window after 60 seconds so you know we got Sun in there uh, you know playing that beautiful ball in to uh, to Bale uh, who just instinctively buries it right he just completely demolished that entire back line and at that point, you know, Burnley, what they should have done is stuck to the game plan, keep their defensive shape, and try to get something on the counter. They didn't do that. They took that as, you know, kind of their panic moment of we need to apply pressure immediately, you know, change a plan, let's get at them. And that kind of fell apart for them because once once Spurs were up 2 nothing you can't fall back into that defensive shape. If you want points out of that game, you have to go for it. And I just don't think that they would have expected to need to do that that early on in the game. It was at that point, it was kind of lost for them because it plays right into Spurs hands, especially with such an explosive front four, um, you know, that, that Mourinho had put out there. It was going to be impossible for them to play defensively and try to get points out of the game. And as soon as it opened up, you had space for Sun to make runs. You had space for Bale to make runs. Lucas, Kane could do whatever he wanted. I mean, it was a perfect attacking display at that point. And, you know, credit where it's due. The players were phenomenal. Uh, they were definitely up to the task. Uh, but I don't think Burnley did themselves any favors by, you know, kind of throwing their game plan out the window uh, just because they conceded early on. So fortunate for us. But, you know, again, I'm sure we all know this being Spurs fans. When you get chances like that, you got to take them. And they certainly took them. Uh, it was very convincing, super exciting game to watch. I, I don't really have many negatives to call out at all. 
Um, it was just that good. And, and that's coming from somebody who looks for every opportunity to, to drill Sanchez a new one. Um, you know, even he looks like he was in a really solid spot today. You know, I'm not ready to hop on the, you know, Sanchez is our best defender bandwagon or anything, but, you know, credit where it's due. He, he kept the ball away from the goal. He did what he was supposed to. Uh, he wasn't caught out of position as much. So I, you know, even, even the, the cynic in me can't find very many faults in that, in that game today. I was wondering when you'd bring up Sanchez, Steve, but it didn't. didn't... I had to do it. You know, it's, I feel like every time I come in here and I just, you know, rip into him for being, you know, out of position or ball watching, but look, you know, first to admit when he's wrong, credit where it's due, you know, he kept his eye on the ball. He won a number of headers out of the way, threw himself, you know, at the ball when it did break past him. I think there might've been one time uh, when he was a little behind play, but you know, he recovered well, we kept the clean sheet. Um, you know, he can continue that form going forward, big improvement and I'll eat my words, but for now I'm cautiously optimistic that we've got to turn around here. Um, but I want to see, you know, two, three more performances like that in a row from him. No question. Katie, what was your take on today? What, how'd you react to the match overall? Uh, I loved it. As soon as the lineup came out, I love that we were bail of starting. Um, Cause I've been waiting for that moment. I am definitely pushing for more of an attacking style, which today we did. Um, I think we need to pressure the teams. I think we need to go full force in our attack, especially a team like Burnley. Um, because like Steven said, once you get up on them, they start to panic. They're not what sure to do because their game plan is out the window and you can take it even further. Um, I think to go along with Sanchez, I rip on him a lot as well. Um, I, I had hope, you know, when he first started playing that he was going to be the change. Um, but I do wonder if having Toby back there with him was one of the reasons, um, you know, Dyer, he loved Dyer. He's had great games and he's had bad games. Um, but I do wonder if we need more of a leader in that back line. And I think Toby should be playing more. Um, I know his contract's up. I know he's older. Um, he's maybe lost a pace or two in a few games. He's gotten caught, you know, with the own goal. But a lot of those is him trying to cover for other mistakes that were happening on the field. Um, and I don't really fault Toby for those. So I would like to see Toby um, more along defensively, um, maybe with Sanchez. Um, but, you know, it was a great game, though. Lately, going into games, I've started feeling like this, not a dread, but just not excited for the game. And this game I was excited for, and they lived up to it. So I loved today. I will admit in our uh, – our, we have a WhatsApp chat where, chat where we connect during the course of the game, and I we were up 2-0, I think, like 15 minutes in, and one of my comments was like, okay, now we just need to not screw up for 75 minutes. And – Unfortunately, like history doesn't indicate that we're, we're able to do that, but we yeah put on the gas today. And that was, that was really compelling. But now, uh, and to that point, one of the big things is, you know, we, a lot of times we've started off an attack, but we've seen this team sit back once we've scored, you know, one or two and left our defense to try and, you know, hold it for us. And, and we don't have great enough of defense to do that. We can't put the pressure on our defense for that. We need to keep attacking the whole game and today I felt like we did that, which is something, you know, I wish I've seen in other games. No yeah, question. 100% agree with that. I mean, I think that the biggest indicator that it wasn't going to be, you know, one of those train wrecks waiting to happen was we came out in the second half and we went for it. You know, we got that fourth goal pretty early on. And, uh, you know, there are definitely Spurs teams in games past that would have said, hey, we're up 3 nothing. What else do we need to do? I'm looking at you, West Ham. I'm still bitter about that, um, but that's not what happened. They clearly got the, the message. Maybe it was that, I don't know if you guys saw that tweet uh, that went out. It was, I think, one of the uh, British government officials uh, had compared their COVID reaction uh, to being up 3-0 in a football game, uh, and then they tagged Spurs. No way. And, uh, that one hurt. That one hurt a bit, but uh, you know, you could tell that the mentality was definitely different compared to that West Ham game. We we were not going to let this one go. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we go to you, Mike, question. Now, we, we know that Mike's family um, and his son in particular are big-time Lucas fans. And, uh, Mike, I just have to ask. I was I was looking at the post-match, you know, analysis and the tweets and whatnot, and did you see the deal where they asked Bale about Lucas's, you know, like L sign celebration after the goal? And 
Bale said that it, Lucas just wanted to do something that stood for Lucas. So that's what the L stood for. So I want to see if you knew that. And then I want to hear what you think about that match. I, I, I assumed that I didn't, I didn't actually know that. <clears throat> um, like, yeah, I, I, I totally assume that, um, you know, given the fact that Bale's got his, got his new celebration and uh, Lucas needed his, his new thing, you know, you can't just point at heaven every time anymore. Right. So now you got to have your own thing. Uh, you know, for, for a while, I, you know, I was thinking, man, is, is, is he saying that Bale's a loser or, or, <laughs> you know, the other team is a loser. I, I, I couldn't figure it out, but um, no, he just wants to be Lucas, you know, you know, He's he's the kid who's like, hey, I'm here too, you know. I, I'm I'm little, but I'm yeah, I'm here. I mean, you can't fault him, right? He's just <laughs> little good, and um, then he's so yeah. So I mean, you know, the the entire match today, uh, just to kind of piggyback what what Katie was saying um, about Toby being out there, um, he's just so superior to Dyer, um, <laughs> and just. Uh, every single way. And I, I, I can't figure out, I was just talking to a, I was talking to a friend today uh, about the same thing. And it was like, I can't, we can't figure out how he fell out of favor when he fell out of favor. And I think it really just has something to do with the fact that Jose loves Dyer. I, th- I think in the end, that's what it is, but you know, Toby moves better. Uh, he's, he's more fluid. He gets in position um, he's rarely caught out of position unless he's trying to figure out what's happening on his backside. You know, when you have somebody like Sanchez there who admittedly, um, I think all of Vermont Spurs uh, have a real issue with our, with our friend Sanchez. Um, so um, we're all in agreement on, on, on that fact, but um, Toby's just the, the pure number of chances that he prevents in the box um, is, is probably solely due to his, his positioning. Right. So when, when uh, you have somebody like Toby back there, I, I feel, and I was surprised today to see Sanchez. I feel like that would have been the perfect opportunity to put Roden in there. Um, give, give him the, the minutes, give him, give him the, the playing time on the field um, because if he's going to be the guy in the future, then you need to set him up with somebody. It's kind of like that, that, you know, you bring in that rookie, that rookie quarterback and you have that crafty veteran to teach him, to teach him the ropes. You know um, I think Toby would be a great person to do that for, for a rodent or somebody like that. Um, but going back to the state of play today, man, Holy cow. What a fun match to watch. I mean, it was like when I first started watching Spurs you know, you, you know, when we first started watching, when I first started watching Spurs, you'd have those games where, you know, you'd, you'd lose four to four to three, five to three. And it was like, yeah, but it was fun. You know, it was fun to watch. And it's gotten to the point this year where it's not fun to watch anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, a, a four, three loss or a five, four loss, uh, like the Everton match is, is kind of gutting, but you know, we had two matches this week, which were super fun to watch, uh, very free flowing. Um, th- all of the crosses were pinpoint. Um, we didn't really need a lot of them. We were constantly on counterattack um, straight off the bat. They didn't like Steve said, they didn't they got caught out of form immediately and never recovered from it. So, I mean today was super fun and we did what we're supposed to do against a team like Burnley. Well put. I mean, what else, what else can you say? Right. And I think we all dreaded coming into the Burnley match that Burnley would Burnley us, you know, that they would, that they would just stack up deep, that we would struggle to penetrate, that they'd get a, a counter they didn't deserve, or they get a set piece where they, they catch us sleeping and that we pay a price for that. So it was so, so exciting and so positive to just see nothing but, nothing but positivity today. You know, Hugo got a clean sheet. I, I believe I saw it was his, his hundredth in the Prem. Um, and that's almost kind of lost on the other action in the game, seeing Bale get a brace and seeing Lucas and Harry score. There was just a lot of good stuff that happened. So let's, let's transition. Let's go a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, Europa, we're on to the, the round of 16. Uh, we, we look good 
against inferior competition. Once again, we would crush the Austrian Bundesliga every year if we ever want to change leagues. But uh, that match got started off with Delhi's bicycle kick, which, you know, I think show me someone that didn't just feel awesome about that. Even if you hate Spurs, I think you probably had to feel good about Delhi, you know, showing flashes of the old Delhi. But Katie, that damn thing was that was outrageous. Yeah, it was absolutely. I'm Katie, sorry, just the way that he played the ball off the ground to himself. No question. No question. I mean, that was 100% old school Delhi. He was smiling. He was happy. It was, you know, it it was what we wanted. You know, these past two seasons that we, we that we weren't getting because of, well, I mean, he, he exhibited a little bit of that when uh, when Jose first came in. He had a couple of matches where he was phenomenal and then just fell off. But uh, I I love watching him. I, I'm I'll tell Katie that uh, on our WhatsApp um, chat, I I've decided that I'm going to start making websites to, and I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to go on on Facebook and uh, start a campaign to get Delhi to shave that mustache. I still belong. Like, let the Johnny Depp. <laughs> no way. That damn thing is outrageous, man. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he might get arrested on the streets of London for for just having that mustache. <laughs> really harsh. That's unfair. Like, <laughs> be critical of something else. Not facial hair. You got to let that go. <laughs> Katie, what what'd you, what was your takeaway on? Uh, let's start with Delhi, and then Wolfsburger in general. Yeah. So, like I said, I've became a Spurs fan one because of my love for Delhi. Um, so I'll take bias. I'll get that out right now, but he has struggled. I do think um, the style of play wasn't working really well for him and he wasn't shining there. And I think that also took a hit to his confidence, um, especially with the loss of Poch and Jose coming in. Um, like you said, he did have moments of brilliance at first and then he kind of died off. Injuries have also caused that issue. Um, but I just, I've been saying he just needed a chance. He needed to get into the team and he needed to build his confidence up. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, that bicycle kick, as soon as it happened, um, my friend, Brian, who the poor soul, I dragged him into being a Spurs fan. So he love hates me for it. Um, but as soon as it happened, I texted him, I go, he's back. Like Delhi is back. I just feel it. Um, and he, and, and I mean, Jose said it again, you know, he doesn't care for the, you know, the entertainment value of the bicycle kick, but it was the skill that he showed with the assist that he was getting and the plays that he was making. Um, and my thing with Delhi is I think he struggled too, because in the beginning uh, when I you know, first started watching, but he had such a great flow um, with Erickson and son, and he was able to make these creative plays. And I have this debate with my boyfriend all the time, because I think Delhi adds that creative option. He makes some amazing passes, but there's a lot of great passes he makes but they don't go to people because his team, the the players around him aren't getting there to them. So is it worth having a creative player who's making these chances if the players around him can't help him with that? Um, or do you need someone who's going to sit there and do the exact pass and, and but that lacks that creativity? That he has? So we debate that all the time. Um, but I think he did great. I think that game was perfect, especially for Bale and him um, to kind of show off and show that they're back and that they're ready to play and fight for their starting spot. And I'm really hoping against Fulham we'll uh, we'll see Delhi start again. Um, I was no offense to Mike, but I'm not a huge Mora fan. Uh, I think Mora is a super sub to me. Like bring him in later on in the game and let him run around and ask people. Um, but his passing ability, I don't think is there. I don't know how many times I have to watch him run into a crowd of people and lose the ball. Um, he he just frustrates me. And my boyfriend calls him the um, the coach's son. Because just like Dyer, Jose seems to love him. He's got heart, and he plays, and he tries. Um, but I don't know if he really deserves that starting spot on the in the lineup. So, but I, I love think, the game, and I think. Oh, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It's just I, I, I don't mind. To, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I think that uh, you're absolutely right. At this point, like he's not <laughs> a starter, right? I love the guy. I really do. I love his enthusiasm, and he, mm -hmm. I, I think I mentioned last week that he does love to. And a lot of it is because he doesn't look up. He does love to put his yeah. head down and run straight into walls. Um, and uh, Dave loves uh, to comment uh, every time he kicks a field goal, you know, uh, <laughs> up into the mm -hmm. stands, you know, if they were fans, some little kid would get to keep the ball. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that 
that right now Lucas is just a placeholder for Delhi until Delhi gets back and gets his legs back underneath him and gets, gets match fit. Um, and I think until he is ready and he gets those Europa games under his, under his belt and, and uh, you know, starts coming in as a sub in the premier league, I think until then you're going to see probably Lucas being that placeholder for him. I don't see Lamella sliding in there or, you know, who, who knows when uh, Lo Celso is coming back. So um, Delhi's yeah. that Delhi's that guy, right? You know, I will say this. Yeah. Lucas's first career is done. I, I hope they find a way to keep him around somehow. Like he, even even just being who he is and doing what he does, like show me somebody who loves Spurs that's playing for them more right now. And we could talk about Winks and Kane and, and the kids that have come up in the system, but Lucas Mora is a fantastic mascot. Like you got to keep that guy around. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be cleaning uniforms. He'll do anything to stick around. Absolutely, <laughs> love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, Steve, thoughts on Wolfsburger and on round of sixteen overall? I mean, look, I, I said it last week. This was a game that was. We were going through. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind. Wolfsburg showed nothing um, to me that indicated they were going to get back into the tie at all, being four down. The fact that, you know, it was an 8-0 aggregate win, I mean, or 8-1, was it? Um, like, that, that. I expected that, you know? That's what you expect to happen when you're a team like Tottenham playing in, in Europa League against, you know, quite frankly – lesser opposition you know i hate to say it sorry guys but it it is what it is you know there's always going to be somebody better than you and in this case it it was spurs um the fact that they played so well doing it uh definitely a treat for sure uh just echoing everybody's sentiments bail deli absolutely phenomenal uh no doubt about it the thing for me is it looks like and, and, you know, sample size is really small. We're only looking at, you know, two games for, for Bale and, and a game and a half, if that, for Delhi. Um, it looks like Jose has found a way to work them, work a system around them. Um, you know, I, I think part of the problem, especially with Delhi, uh, was he was trying to play that more defensive-oriented style um, and it looks like, and we'll see if this is, this continues to be the trend, it looks like he's kind of abandoning that to a certain degree uh, and giving the attacking players a little more freedom. Um, and, and when I say freedom, I mean freedom to do what Jose wants them to do, not freedom to do, you know, whatever kind of crazy, wacky thing they can think of. Because, you know, Katie, I think you said it. Uh, Jose mentioned, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not one for the bicycle kick or whatever. It's the assists that, you know, and the work rate that he's putting in that really made it. And to me, that's pretty indicative of how Jose looks at, at a player like Delhi. You know, the talent's clearly there, but he still wants you to buy into the system and do what he tells you to do. Um, when he was playing a more defensive style, obviously it didn't suit Delhi. He was, you know, probably a little shackled by it, you know, not really feeling it, not, super not into it. I, I almost wonder if there was something going on behind the scenes too, um, in regards lady to Jay and had lady getting problem. away. Hmm? His girlfriend broke up with him. It was all about the relationship. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> you heard well, it here. No, cause, Cause you know, Alistair gold had that story about, uh, Ndombele, uh, this week and how, you know, it was because of Levy that, that he stuck around and now he's, you know, got to be one of the first names on the team sheet he's just that good so i'm wondering if maybe there was some other behind the scenes thing you know maybe delhi really wanted to go levy convinced him uh to stay or or just wouldn't let him go you know whatever that might be and then you know he kind of found himself needing to work his way in otherwise who's going to take him at that point you know um so i'd be curious to hear what was going on there but in terms of the the wolfsburg game i mean he was phenomenal. Bale was phenomenal. You know, if those two can keep this kind of form going for the rest of the season, you know, we might start to see a turnaround. We've got a couple uh, winnable games coming up in, in Fulham and Crystal Palace. Uh, let's let's see him go. I, I'm curious to see who's going to start. I, I think uh, after the game, you know, Mourinho uh, made the comment uh, regarding Bale. You know, I want to start him in the next game, the game after that, and the game after that, but I can't. You know, he's he's still trying to get that fitness back you know i don't think he's ready for consecutive 90 minute performances so 
And Delhi might be the same way. You know, he's been out of the squad for so long. I would expect both of them to t- to pay some part in the next couple of games, whether it's starting or as a sub. We'll see, but uh, I think they're clearly doing enough to warrant a, a look in the first team for sure, especially given how you know other players have been struggling uh, to either find an assist or a goal or whatever it might be. Um, they're adding something that we haven't had in a little while. Great to see it. Let's hope that continues. So let's build on that a little bit. And there's a, there's a few questions I want to ask, and um, we're just going to kind of see where this goes. So let's stick with Bale for a little while. Um, I saw Jose made a comment after the match today that no manager in the world keeps a healthy Gareth Bale on the bench. I thought that was an interesting, interesting comment in general. Um, a couple weeks ago, Jose was calling Gareth out, right? Like he was kind of sticking him a little bit, kind of saying, yeah, you're not practicing hard. You're not doing all this kind of stuff. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen a resurgence. He played 70 minutes in the Premier League today, which is the most I believe he's played all year long. So, so one question I have is obviously his loan is kind of up at the end of this year. I believe we have the chance to renew it. I, I don't recall those details off the top of my head, but the question is like, what, what does it have to look like in terms of his performance for him to be around here next season? Anybody have any opinions on that? He's got to continue to perform. I mean, he has to, he has to be out there on the field, which means he has to be training well. And when he's out there, he has to perform. I mean, he has to, like like Sonny does on the left side, on the right side, he's got to drive that ball into the corner. He's got to put in precision crosses. He's not the same player that he used to be. He's not going to shoot from, from, you know, 30 yards out every single time now. You know, he's not going to bury it in that back corner. Um, he still has that left foot. He showed it today. I mean, that was a phenomenal shot um, through traffic, too. I mean... And he just, you know, he left Pope cemented in his spot. The guy never even moved. Yeah, I don't think he moved for the first three for the first three shots. Um, that's not to say that that you know that was all Pope's fault because the their defense broke down from the get go. But um, I think Gareth Bale's got to be. He's really got to be out there, and he has to be performing well. Um, and I think he knows when, when he's performing to his best ability because you can see it on his face. You know, he, he always has, he has that kind of smirk that you can, that you can see that he knows I've, I've got a leg up on you. Yeah. Um, except for, you know, at the, at the uh, end of the match today, they're walking off the field. I saw somebody tried to give him a little head pat and touched his, his man bun. He got pretty upset yeah. at that. Yeah, he did. Well, he's covering the bald spot back there. That's- don't, yeah. Don't touch my hair. <laughs> you know, don't hit my hair. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Katie, Steve, any opinions on the same question? Yeah, for me, I agree. I mean, Bale has to keep performing. Um, there was a lot of debate when he when we got him that it was more just a publicity stunt. We're just selling jerseys at this point. Like he's too washed. Uh, and I and my argument from the beginning was he's miserable at Real Madrid. Like he's not happy there. So, but when you watch him play with the Welsh team, he's a different player. Uh, and I was like, if we can pull that player back out, if we you know we're never going to get the old Bale. We're not going to get that speed anymore. But he still has the skill with it. The skill with the ball is next to none. Like his te- technical ability with it is amazing. And we've seen that the past few games. Um, and he still has that ability. And the biggest thing I think he offers is he's just another threat up front. You know, I think a lot of the reason we were losing some games is because we were completely dependent on Sun and Kane. And we, while we made it out and we won a few games, like one nothing and had these boring games and we were relying so much on our defense and that counterattack with Sun and Kane, Adding another threat like of Bale with both the ability to cross the ball into them, um, pass it, and score, I think that adds so much because now defenses, you know, they started loading us up on loading the defense on Sun and Kane. And when you shut those two down, they're shutting down our whole team. And now with another threat, they don't do that. So if he keeps it up, I do, I do hope he stays because I think he's got some gas left in him to help us. Good analysis. Thanks, Katie. Uh, yeah, Steve, I want to. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. For me, it's a more pragmatic approach because his contract is just so expensive. I mean, I would hope that we would have some kind of an arrangement, uh, you know, to to kind of deal with those finances. Because drop those uh, weekly wages. Honest, like, 
this isn't somebody, if he were to carry that contract over 100% to Spurs, I don't know that it's worth it. That's a huge chunk of money that we would have to spend on a single player in his 30s that, you know, is, to your point, Katie, not the same kind of player he was. You know, he's still a world-class talent for sure. And and one of the things that I really appreciated from him this week, uh, not so much the assists and the goals and, and the contributions there, uh, I think one of the coolest things that I saw in the Wolfsburg game, towards the end of the match, game was already won, um, youth player, uh, Lavinia, he came in and he made uh, an error. And you saw Bale kind of just looked over and he gave him the thumbs up and was, you know, kind of calming him down, like, you know, don't worry about it. You'll get the next one. You know, let's keep your chin up. He was supporting the, the younger players. And that's something that you really love to see from somebody as as classy and as established as, as Gareth Bale. Um, so even having him near the team um, is, is a huge benefit. It's just whether Spurs can afford to keep him for another season or, you know, if, if we can work out a deal or something. Um because I, I would certainly love to keep him on if that were the case. But, um, yeah, for full full price bail, uh, unless he's willing to take a pay cut, I, I don't know that that's where I would spend the money, uh, unfortunately. But we'll see. You know, we've still got a couple months left in, in the season. Who knows? Maybe he'll do something to make me say, hey, you know what? We would be stupid not to spend all that money on him alone. Um but yeah, I'm not going to let just a couple of games here kind of drive that sort of emotion for me just yet as excited as I am to see him. Cause man, I still remember back uh, watching when he was a left back coming in uh, and, and thinking, wow, this guy's pretty good. So uh, yeah, I, Bale and I go back <laughs> a, a ways. So I really hope he continues to perform well for us. All right, let's go to uh, let's go. Let's talk about cups, and I, this is the next question I'm curious about. So obviously, we've got the Carabao final. It's late April. It's against Man City. Um, we know that's going to be rough, but but if if there's if there's a manager that can get one game past Manchester City, it's Jose Mourinho. Um, then we've got Europa. We're in the round of 16. We've got a good draw for this next round. A couple of the heavyweights are playing each other in this next round, so there's there's some possibility there. My question for each of you is, which one of those do you think we have the most solid shot at? Is it that Carabao final, or is it um, wrapping up a final in Europa? Who's got an opinion on that? Uh, yeah. I, so, oh, go ahead, Steve. You go. You go. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I've been thinking about this a lot, Dave, and I'm kind of torn in, in two minds. On the one hand, you know, for Europa, if we're going to win that there's a number of games that we have to perform in, you know, so you've got to have the consistency. You have to maintain that form. Um, you have to, to a certain degree, hope that you keep getting lucky with, with the draws and um, you know, the other teams just don't quite have the, the personnel to, to deal with you. Uh, you know, I think with, with uh, Dana Mozagreb, it's probably going to be, you know, a, a win over two legs for us. I think we should be able to move on, you know, not there, there are, good team they're just not you know i don't think top spurs level you know if we were playing how we did a couple weeks ago maybe they would knock us out but um that's just not how i'm feeling right now on the other hand it's one game in the carabao cup that we need to win and it's a trophy the downside is that it's again manchester city who has won the last 20 games in a row uh kind of looks a little intimidating. I 100% agree with you, Dave, that if there's anybody who's going to get a result, it's probably Jose. Um, but for me, in order for that to happen, City's got to take a knock in confidence at some point because they're playing like they could beat anybody in the world. Um, and and that's not a team that I would feel super confident going up against that we would you know be able to get something. Um, at this point, looking at how the teams are performing respectively and looking at kind of the matchups that we're looking at uh, in Europa league. I honestly think we've got a better shot at Europa league, even though it's a, a, you know, extra games that we would be playing. It's not, you know, super clear cut. Our path isn't 100% decided for us, but I think we could win eight games in a row in Europa league and come out on top more than I think we could beat Manchester city. If they keep playing like they're playing now, um, which kind of sucks to say, but 
I mean, I, I, I argue that there's not a team in the world that would want to go up against this pep side right now and, and feel confident. Maybe Bayern Munich, uh, you know, his, I think uh, I was reading today that they, in the top five leagues, they've scored over 100 goals this season as a team. Spurs were in second, by the way, with 94. Uh, but, you know, that just goes to show you just how insane Bayern is. You know, that's probably the only team I would not want to play above Manchester City right now. I saw there, my- you, finally, you finally got there. You finally got there. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it at some point. No way. I mean, that, that Carabao Cup, who cares? I mean, sure, it's a cup. It's a league cup. It doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't do anything. It's like, hey, we got a trophy. Yay. You know, I mean, you I won something. To win it. Yeah, I would I absolutely mean, love to win it. But I just, it when, doesn't seem likely. <laughs> right. No, no, exactly. And that's, that's what I was, that's what I was going to say is like, maybe in September, you know, really, you know, you're looking at Man City, you're like, man, they're pretty beatable. I mean, they haven't lost since what we beat them, right? Yeah. So, you know, and and now it's like, oh man, now we got to play Man City in April. You know, this stinks. Uh, I mean, and again, it's it, the the real prize here is Europa because Europa gets you to Champions League, which you know I get we're six points off West Ham right now, um, and. Uh, we have a we have a friend uh, who loves to who loves to remind us all the time about the fact that we have a game in hand. Um, <laughs> that game in hand is against what Villa? Is it Villa? Yeah, it's Villa and Villa is not a bad team, and they're not a terrible team. There, yeah. So, I mean, you you're looking you're looking at that, going, yeah, that that could be an extra three points right there. So, you know, we can afford to do this or do that, and you slip up, and you know, we have to have a lot of help. We had a lot of help today. I mean teams lost and drew that we needed to lose and draw um, to help us out there, you know? Um, but right now I got to say that Europa's the way to go because I mean, put, throw all of your, all of your money and all of your talent at Europa because that's going to get you to champions league that gets you to money. And that gets you to big, big transfers. Katie, I want to hear you make like the Carabao argument. Like let's go to Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a you wonderful the energy person. drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, not the one who's going to ever make that argument. Uh, Cause I couldn't <laughs> agree more with Mike. Uh, the, I mean, yeah, Carabao will we'll get a trophy, but like it's a trophy that doesn't matter. And I'd rather see our team do well and progress, you know, where we are and in the do well, better in the premier league. Um, and like you said, Europa matters or matters to get into the champions league. Because not only are we talking about more money for the transfers and stuff, but to draw in top players, they don't want to play in Europa. They want to play in Champions League. Um, so that matters. Uh, you know, Jose always gets his trophy. If we end up with a Carabao Cup and in eighth, I'm not happy. But if we end up winning Europa and we end up in eighth, I'll take that. I'll take that to get out of the season, to get into Champions League, and we start anew next year. Um, so sorry, I can't, I can't fight for, you're going to find someone else to fight for that Carabao cup. No, Katie, I think you nailed it there. Actually. That's a great way to put it. Finish eighth. Which one do you want? We want Europa. Unless, unless Arsenal's in front of us, then, then the whole season's <laughs> lost. I don't care if you're in champions league. <laughs> they, were, they were in front of us for a couple hours today and that was torture enough. Just looking. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure Aubameyang was, uh, you know, <laughs> his flat top working on his kid and play flat top right <laughs> all right hey so here's the next question i have for you and this is one i, I told you i had a curveball and i'm trying to wrap my head around this so um i'm trying to figure out where the best place to be as a as a supporter is and here's what i mean you have a wednesday like we had and you have a, a sunday like we had feel good you know i'm thinking about going to work tomorrow thinking yeah I might wear one of my Spurs track jackets to work tomorrow just because I'm, I'm feeling it, right? Like, um, it, it feels good to be a fan right now. A week ago, you know, the sky was falling. Um, you say, Jose, out, like, this is enough. The substitutions are bad. The, the rosters are bad. The lineup is bad. The execution's bad. Like, just the, the roller coaster experience is what it is. And that, I think that's part of the joy of being a fan. My question is, like, where's the best 
place to be. And here's what I mean. I've got a buddy that I, that I know from work. He's a Liverpool guy. I know you feel for me just in that alone. Um, so I've had to navigate talking with him the past few years, just about how amazing his team is. And, um, I bet him on the, uh, I bet him dinner on the champions league final. I still haven't settled up on that bet just so you know, I'm holding out to not, not make good, but you know, I'm also watching him right now struggle because his team is on the other side of the peak, right? Like, and so what I'm trying to figure out is like, where is the place to be on that climb to the peak at the peak? Obviously nobody wants to be on the decline, but my, my hypothesis is that the sweet spot is somewhere in that climb, obviously in the Poch era, we had what felt like that climb that was getting to the, to the peak almost got there. Didn't quite happen. I'm not sure like where I truly want to be or where I want Spurs to be as a fan. Do I want them to be almost there all the time? Am I content with the joy of a great week and the frustration of a bad week? Am I scared of, of the decline after a couple of years of success? I'm not sure where I am. Anybody have an opinion or thought? Or can, can I talk about this as a Red Sox fan? Here you go. Um, it, this is, and it, it's very relevant. I know I keep bringing up baseball and football, but this is very relevant because for so many years, even my grandfather was a Red Sox fan, you know, for, for 80 years of his life. Um, he never thought he was going to see them win. Right. So in 2004, we had that moment where I got to share with my grandfather that the, the Red Sox won. My dad's a Yankee fan, so we're not going to talk about him. But <laughs> finally, you know, we've always – we loved um, – and it's very similar to the Cubbies being those lovable losers. And, and I keep saying it's the They're almost losers. always never. Let's get that straight. Losers, not lovable. <laughs> <laughs> Southsider. Um, <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know, the always almost never, you know – and then you finally get it and you're and you get that championship or you get that cup and you're like, okay, well now what? And then, so we had 2004, we, we, and, and I thought that's enough for me. You know, I, I grew up being tortured as a, as a kid, especially. And then through the nineties and, you know, in my teen years and early twenties with the Yankees constantly winning and, not thinking we're ever going to, we're ever going to win. We won one. We beat the Yankees to get there. And then we won again in 2007. And then you went in 2013 and then you went in 2018 and you're like, okay, this is fun. It takes a couple of years to get back there, you know, but this is fun. And now the Red Sox stink again. And maybe next year, or maybe this coming year will be the year. But so when you look at the same type of thing with the Spurs, it's like, do you want them to be there at the top? Or do you want to be on, you know, do you want them to win that league cup and then come down that coaster? Because you don't know if it's going to happen again. Right, right, right. So you enjoy what you got at the time, but don't get too cocky about it. Because it might not happen again. Because you know nobody, none, none of the Red Sox fans expected 2013 to happen, especially not 2018. So, I mean, and I'm sure Liverpool fans felt the same way, right? They were like 60 years for them, and it's been a long time for Spurs too. So, yeah, it's our turn. <laughs> Even Katie, what are your thoughts on that? Where's the Where's the best place to be? That's tough. So in regards to baseball, I'm a Braves fan. So I, we can win 14 NLA titles in a row and make it to the playoffs. And we got one, one in 95. So that's tough to do when you have such a great team and you just can't get over that last hurdle. Um, yeah. For us right now, and especially even with the Poch era, I mean, I, I guess you would call it peak getting to the Champions League final, but it was, that's a squiggly top to get there. It wasn't smooth sailing to get there, you know, especially our, time in the premier league at that point you know we weren't doing great um but we made it there and it was it was so exciting like the thrill of being there was amazing and i'll take that you know we lost and then you have that heartbreaking moment and you're just you know so thank you lucas mora but <laughs> yeah mora yeah 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 Money, right? okay um <laughs> i won't argue that he was a godsend in that game with delhi with the assist though um but yeah, so it's hard. Do, do we want that peak and that heartbreak? 
I'd rather have that. I'd rather have the giant highs and deal with the lows than just kind of weaving our way up to the top, not getting there, going back down, maybe getting a little higher. I, I, I don't want to do that. I'd rather have the high peaks and deal with the lows. Thanks, Katie. Steve, how about you? I've got a couple of thoughts on this. The first thing that comes to mind is that there's a sort of arrogance that comes along with being serial winners that I don't think necessarily fits the Spurs mold. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to knock the, uh, you know, Manchester cities, Manchester United's the, you know, the teams that win everything all the time in, oh, ahead, okay. in England. I mean, I could, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Manchester city in particular is an interesting one because they don't have like that long history of success. There's as much more recent, um, than, than like a Manchester United, which, you know, since the Premier League's inception under, you know, Alex Ferguson was just at the top all the time. Um, and to me, that's just not fun. You know, like I, I look at leagues like the, like the Bundesliga or, you know, league one in France, and it's always, you know, you've got Bayern Munich that wins the league. Great. PSG, they won the league. Great. Like it's not fun when it's the same team that wins all the time. It's not special. Like for, like I, I, as much as I hate the losses and looking at the table and seeing us outside the top four, it, for me, it just means that when we get to the champions league final, it's that much more special. Like I feel the emotion and, and I like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that night. And even though we lost just seeing our team there, like knowing what we had to do to get there, that for me is what makes it special. You know, if Spurs were top of the league, Every year, you know, it was uncontested. We'd go, you know, a solid decade winning the cup every time. It, I don't know. I That's just not my personality. Like, I don't want to have to sit there and go, well, obviously Spurs are going to win, cause, so what's the point, you know? And I'm thinking, like, the, the metaphor I want to use is, is with TV, right? A lot of shows, you've almost got, like, that plot armor for the hero where they just can't lose, and even when it looks like they're going to lose, you know, some act of God happens and they end up winning – it's always boring to me. Like I'm much more invested in the shows where you're following these characters thinking, Oh my God, are they going to complete their task? Are they going to make it out of this? You know, there's, there's that, you know, connection that you feel with them that really kind of live or die. Like, is this going to happen? You know, you're almost afraid you're working with them. You're right there. Um, and, and that's why I love Spurs so much. You know, they're not really the serial winners right now. They haven't been since I've been watching them. Uh, but, you know, I can always go into a, a game every single week or twice a week and think, you know, Spurs could win this, but will they? I don't know. Like, there's a mystery to it, you know? Even like Burnley, right? I was pessimistic going into the game thinking, okay, you know, Sean Dice is going to set the team up. They're going to block. It's going to be 90 minutes of pure heartbreak for me after, you know, such a great game at, at Wolfsburg. Um and, you know, the fact that we put four away and we looked great doing it, like, that just feels special. Like, if it was Manchester City going against Burnley and they won, it's like, okay, great, job done. Like, whatever. You expected that to happen. Um, so that it just doesn't feel as good. Um, and I think at this point, I've made my point. So that's, I don't that's know. what I, I'm going to stick with. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's just as fun to watch the Red Sox beat the Orioles. I mean, every single time. <laughs> If it was Arsenal, look, if Spurs could beat Arsenal every single time, I'm 100% on board with that. I've got no issues with absolutely smacking them around, never losing to them. But it's the mystery of, like, can we go to, you know, uh, Aston Villa, for example, and and put the same sort of performance in there? That sort of mystery. is. is So here's a question for you then, Steve. If, If we beat Arsenal in the semis of the Europas, right, what happens if, you know, we beat them and then we come in, we lose to say Inter? I would much rather lose to. Are you okay with that? I if we if it means we beat Arsenal to get there, without a doubt, because not yeah, only does okay, it mean that, I mean that's the way I felt in all four when we beat the when we came back to beat the Yankees. I was like, I don't even care if we win the World Series now. <laughs> exactly. It's like you've done your job at that point. You've finished above your rival. It's like yeah, exactly. you know, if, if the season ended today, 
you know, let's say for argument's sake, we don't get Europa, we don't win the Carabao Cup, all we have is our place in the table. I can always look at that place and go, well, Arsenal are below us, so at least there's that. You know, I'm not going to be the type of guy that goes into, you know, our gunners on, on Reddit and starts saying, ha ha, we beat you guys again, we're above you. You know, I, that's that's for their fans to do. But for me, I can kind of just, you know, at least look at it and go, well, that's nice. At least there's that, you know. There is a definite sense of satisfaction that comes from that. But we're certainly hoping for more. I was I was watching, you know, there was the chance that we could have drawn Arsenal in the round of 16 for Europa. And if you saw how the those matches would have lined up, we would have had Europa, Prem, Europa, three matches in a row, Arsenal, which would have been both, joyful and excruciating right depending on how that mm-hmm. how that all plays out and then i was thinking like yeah who cares about the premier league match i don't i'm not sweating that one let's get the two two europas i'm glad it's not a problem quite yet let's uh let's look ahead um we've got two premier league matches coming up this week um away at fulham on thursday my recollection last time we played fulham at home they embarrassed us that was on the heels of they they had had um They'd had some COVID issues going on, and they were kind of whining about having to play, and and Jose was was uh, was pushing back on that a little bit. But Fulham is is you know relegation fodder, but dangerous. And then we got Palace on Sunday, and I don't know about you guys, but Palace just always makes me nervous. They shouldn't, um, but they always make me nervous. Just uh, Eze is is a beast. Uh, Zaha, you never know who's going to show up, but they 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 always kind of seem to show up for us. What are our thoughts looking ahead at the the matches that we got coming up this week? I'm excited. Uh, I just hope the same team we had today shows up in the same style of play. I think one of the issues we've had is, you know, if we're going against Man City or Chelsea and we decide to play it a little more defensive and, and bank on our attacks, I'm okay with that. We should not be playing defensive against lower quality teams, which they, you know, no offense, but Fulham is. We should be attacking Fulham just like we did to Burnley today and going after them and showing off our front four that we have and um, our skills that we, we shouldn't rely on just a one win or trying to get that and leaving a chance for our defense to make an error, which we unfortunately know or they are very prone to. Um, so I'm excited for these, these games. I think even though they're um, two games normally we wouldn't be excited for, I think they're big games for us because I think we need these three points in each game and we need to keep that momentum going. So I just really hope we, we keep attacking the full time for both games. No question. Thank you, Katie. Steve, how about you? What, what, what are your thoughts as you look ahead? I 100% agree with Katie. These are games that we should be getting excited for because they're, they're winnable teams. I mean, the one I'm, I'm honestly most nervous about is Fulham just because they're unbeaten in their last five, two wins and three draws, I believe. Um, they drew this morning and didn't look particularly great. But, I mean, I've got to give credit where it's due. You know, Scott Parker, he came in uh, at the beginning of the season. Fulham looked like they were a shoo-in to go down. And even though they're still in the relegation zone, he's kind of steadied the ship. uh, And he's put in some performances, too. So there is kind of a nervousness there that they can get something um, against Spurs. Katie was spot on. You know, if we give them chances against our defense, they could punish us for sure. Um, Crystal Palace, I'm... I'm with you, Dave. I'm a little nervous, and I shouldn't be because they've been in a miserable run of form. I think the only teams they've really beaten are kind of like bottom five teams um, over the last couple of games. So I'm not terribly worried about the Gus. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. So it's one of those where, and I think this goes back to why I like this roller coaster, right? We should win these games without a doubt, especially if we carry this four man. I don't see why we would lose. Um, but there's that that ever presence, you know, kind of shadow that's looming over us. You know, is he gonna play Dyer and Sanchez? Are they gonna have a miserable game? Is Toby gonna be, you know, nowhere to be found? And and suddenly we have to rely on two of our least consistent center backs working together to keep the ball out of the net. Like that doesn't fill me with confidence. Uh, and that should, like, if those two names are in the team sheet together, Fulham, Crystal Palace, you know, both of them are going to look at that and think, well, we've got a shot now. This is, this, we can get into this game. Um, on the back of today's performances, you know, I, I watched that dull Palace Fulham game. It wasn't anything special. Um, 
if both of those teams show up and today's Spurs team shows up, should be a win. Both games, three points uh, against Fulham on Thursday, three points against Crystal Palace on Sunday. No problem. We can look ahead to the next one. Um, but the fact that it's that there is still that that looming question of can we be consistent is what has me the most concerned. Very well put, Mike. Anything to add? Well, uh, you know, I I, I feel like uh, the the Fulham game was the in Jan back in January was the replacement game for the Villa game, right? Yes, it was our game in hand, right? So. Um, they weren't prepared for us. We weren't prepared for them. Now, like Steve said, you know, the shape that we're in, the way we're playing, the form, there's no way that we lose to them. Uh, I think Jose's found his, found his lineup. Um, I think that you're going to see Sanchez, whether we like it or not, we're going to see Sanchez there. Um, I got a bad feeling that we're going to see Dyer there, but uh, the way that Toby played with Sanchez today, that looks to be, even though I, I want to see Roden, but that looks to be a, a, a center back combo that can, that can, that can match up well against a team like Fulham. Uh, Fulham's very much like a Burnley um, typically um, on defense, but they have, they have a little more attacking ability than Burnley. Uh they have the ability to really, to really put a scare into a lot of really good teams. And they do that because they have nothing to lose, you know, and, and, and that's what makes a team like that dangerous. And uh, the getting to palace, you never, I never know what to expect with them. Right. Uh, like you said, Zaha, you, you never know what guy you're going to get. Right. He's, he's kind of, he, he, I don't even know what to make of the guy. Um, but they don't have any players on their team that really scare me right now. And, and especially the way that they're playing. Um, so I, I think we got six points in us right there, but it all depends on what the teams at the top do too. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Liverpool's in a bad spot, but they got a couple of easy, they have at least one easy game coming up. Um, you know, West Ham, West Ham um, still has a couple, has still has a couple of lower tier teams that they're going to play. But, um, I, you know, I think that this is, this is the time that we're getting healthy. We're finding our players, we're finding our player combos. Um, and I think by the end of next weekend, you're going to see that Delhi is going to be, Delhi and Bale are going to be starting. Well, and I think that's that's my opinion. You know, Mike, I'm hearing you say, oh, guaranteed six points. And I, I saw Katie's face like, ooh, ooh, I hope I, so. No, I, I didn't say guaranteed. I said, no, no, you didn't I said it should be six points. But I felt that. Nothing is guaranteed with Spurs. <laughs> no, 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 nothing. 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 But to me, it's this simple. Um, we have a chance at six points if, if Sanchez is on the field, it better be next to Delhi Because if it's next to Dyer – we don't have a chance of six points. That's my first. Opinion. Next to Toby, you mean? I'm sorry. Next to next to Toby. Yeah, Delhi's a, a separate comment. Thanks for correcting that. Um, the, the other piece. This is my Steve shout. Um, as long as Winks and Musa aren't the midfield pairing, you know that goes a long way towards getting us to six points as well. Um, we got our our buddy Nick is coming on next week, and he's Boy, he's gonna player. he's gonna he's gonna kill us. He, yeah, he's gonna extend my hate for for Winks. <laughs> and then the other piece is you know. I think Bale's ready to go. And so you've got to have Bale or Deli or both in the starting lineup with Lucas and Lamella kind of as the, the ones that come on when substitution time. And, and I think if we keep a lineup that look like what we saw today with the appropriate adjustments here and there that are minor, you know, not, not continual, the, the revolving door in the midfield and the center backs, I think we're in good shape. Keep, uh, keep Doherty off the field until the end of the game when it's time to, to, to kill some time, you know, like just, Stick with what seems to be working. It feels like Jose might have landed on a lineup. It only took until the beginning of March, basically, to to get there. But the good news, we got a few more months to go in this season. And yeah, we'll oh, what fourteen games, thirteen games? Yeah. yeah, there's still time. There's still time to close a six point gap on the top four. I I can't believe we're there, but there there's more than enough time to make something happen. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, we shouldn't be, but somehow we're still in it. 
Uh, and for Winks, I used to be a big Winks fan. Uh, I can't really defend him. Recently, I'm I am more than fine with him being on the bench. Uh, and Lamella to me is a, is a great sub, like Mora. Lamella to me is just chaos. Like he is out there, and you never yeah. know what he's going to do. He's going to make a crazy play, and then he's going to tackle someone. He's going to get a yellow. He's going to run to a wall. Like, I don't know what Lamella's out there doing. He's everywhere, but um, I think that's he's why trying he to get a red. I think he messes doing. up the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he doesn't uh, blows my mind. The things he gets away with sometimes. You can't trust him to manage a game, right? You can trust him to come in and wreak, wreak havoc, like you just said, Katie, but not to not to run run the pitch. So, um, yeah. hey, everybody, with that, you know, we're we're at time to wrap up. So once again, next week we've got our buddy Nick from Vermont Spurs who's going to join us. Um, want to add once again that if you got anything to ask us or questions you want us to ask, you can you can hit us on Twitter at Wicked Spursy. Um, emails podcast at wickedspursy.com also on Facebook and uh, most importantly today Katie and Albany Spurs in general it's awesome to, to have you as a as a friend of the program so to speak but a friend in Spursdom as well yeah. you know, it's been fantastic having you here with us today yeah this was a ton of fun so I really appreciate you guys inviting me on and it was nice to talk outside of my Spurs bubble to other people um, so I can't wait for COVID to finally end so we can you know have a big meetup at one of our bars. Absolutely. That, that will be exciting. We're all looking forward to that day. So, Hey, everybody with that, this is wicked Spursy. Come on you Spurs and have a fantastic day. Be safe.